Welcome to Grand Rounds Nation on ReachMD, presenting the best Grand Rounds from across the country. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholz. This week's Grand Rounds comes to us from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and is titled Global Tobacco Control, a Prevention Best Buy. Here's Dr. Tanya Popovich, Scientific Director of the CDC's Public Health Grand Rounds. Good afternoon. It is my pleasure to welcome everybody in person. So without further ado, our topic today is uh, global tobacco. And here is our beautiful globe full in smoke. Now, this week's presenters are (laughs) Tina Fey, Eva Mendez, and Wolf Blitzer. (laughs) Or some incognitos. look like them. (laughs) So the first of those whatevers is Dr. Joanna Cohen, who is going to be speaking on global tobacco control. As always, when Dr. Frieden is not here in person, he is with us in spirit. And this time, he is with us in spirit in a really long version. He will be talking for almost three minutes, because this is one of his favorite topics. When I think of tobacco, I think of the patients I've treated, the woman with emphysema who gasped for every breath before dying a painful death, the man who was desperate to see his son graduate but died of a heart attack before he could, the man who had to live with the impact of a leg amputation from smoking. Despite recent gains, tobacco remains the number one cause of preventable death both in this country and worldwide. Tobacco kills more people than HIV, tuberculosis, and malaria combined, and the number of people dying from tobacco is increasing. In this century, one billion people will be killed by tobacco unless we take urgent action. And virtually all people, not just smokers, are harmed by tobacco in some way, through secondhand smoke, environmental, and economic effects. Fortunately, we have a strategy that works. The World Health Organization recommended Empower Strategy can make the difference, can turn the tide on tobacco use. Empower starts with M for scientifically rigorous and sustainable monitoring. Monitoring not just of smoking and tobacco use, but also of exposure to tobacco smoke, of marketing, sponsorship, and promotion of tobacco products, and of anti-tobacco interventions. The Global Tobacco Surveillance System is a superb model for global surveillance, not just of non-communicable diseases, but surveillance in general, with a global collaboration for effective monitoring. This surveillance system and progress around the world provide grounds for optimism. In places where there have been comprehensive tobacco control programs, such as New York City, adult smoking has fallen by more than a third and teen smoking by more than 60% in less than a decade. In Uruguay, a comprehensive tobacco control program reduced the smoking rate by a quarter in just three years, perhaps the fastest decline ever recorded. Tobacco control is the ultimate winnable battle in public health, and it's one we must win. Even modest decreases in smoking prevalence would save more than 100 million lives in this century. Because the tobacco epidemic is man-made, stopping it is a critical indicator of good governance. Data from the CDC and others are crucial to document the burden, the actions taken, and most importantly, whether these actions are working. Thanks to all who worked on these presentations and to all who work on tobacco control, 
Your work is crucial. Millions of lives are at stake. Thank you. Good afternoon, and thank you, Tanya, for that very unique introduction that I will never forget. Um, my name is Joanna Cohn. I'm with the Institute for Global Tobacco Control at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. I'm going to talk about the uh, pro a profile of the extent of tobacco use on a global scale. I'm going to discuss the burden caused by tobacco products and what we can expect in the future. I will address the critical role of the tobacco industry in this pandemic, and I will set the stage for Dr. Erickson's presentation by highlighting that we do have solutions to combat tobacco use. Tobacco is used in many different ways around the world. Manufactured cigarettes are the most commonly consumed product, accounting for 96% of worldwide tobacco use. The next most popular products are BDs that are used in Southeast Asia, various forms of smokeless tobacco and, and chewing tobacco used in India, and Cretex that are used in Indonesia. And of course, new forms of nicotine and tobacco are constantly being invented. Now, the numbers I'm going to provide over the, the next few minutes are absolutely staggering. But unfortunately, these colossal numbers are what we have to face uh, in the tobacco pandemic. So over the 20th century, global consumption of cigarettes increased by over 100-fold. And in 2009, over 5.8 trillion cigarettes were consumed. The top five cigarette-consuming countries in 2009 were China, the Russian Federation, the United States, Indonesia, and Japan. More than one-third of the world's cigarettes were consumed in China that year, and only 11% of the global cigarette consumption occurred in the Americas. Now, about 800 million men smoke cigarettes, and there are 14 countries where 50% or more of men smoke. Male smoking prevalence is highest in Greece, Indonesia, and the Russian Federation, while countries with the highest number of smokers include China, India, and Indonesia, despite the fact that 10 times more men smoke in these countries than women. Nearly 200 million adult women smoke cigarettes. Female smoking prevalence is highest in Austria, Greece, and Bosnia and Herzegovina, while the highest number of female smokers are in the United States, China, and the Russian Federation. The good news is that more than half of countries, of all countries, have a female smoking prevalence of less than 10%. Now, we're concerned about tobacco products because they are extremely harmful to health and they damage every part of our bodies. The four main non-communicable diseases, which are cardiovascular disease, diabetes, cancer, and chronic lung diseases, kill around three out of every five people worldwide, and they cause great socioeconomic harm, particularly in developing nations. And as you can see, tobacco use is the only risk factor shared by the four major non-communicable diseases. Tobacco use is also a risk factor for five of the eight leading causes of death in the world. Now, as I said, the numbers 
are practically incomprehensible when we look at the burden of tobacco, uh, tobacco products. They were responsible for 100 million deaths in the 20th century. Tobacco use is now the world's single leading preventable cause of death. And as Dr. Frieden said, it kills more people than AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria combined. And unlike these other major killers, the number of deaths from tobacco products are increasing. Globally, tobacco is currently responsible for more than 15% of deaths among men and 7% of deaths among women. And in 2011, tobacco products killed almost 6 million people. They kill from a third to a half of people who use them. And smokers die an average of 14 years earlier than non-smokers. Now, the US Surgeon General has clearly stated that there is no safe level of exposure to secondhand smoke. An estimated 600,000 people died from this exposure in 2011, with three quarters of the deaths from exposure to secondhand smoke among women and children. So, in essence, men's smoking is killing women and children. From 2000 to 2004, cigarettes were responsible for an estimated $193 billion in annual health-related economic losses. This includes $96 billion in direct medical costs and nearly 5% of U.S. healthcare expenditures were spent on treating tobacco-caused diseases. Now, if current trends persist, an estimated 500 million people alive today will be killed by tobacco. And tobacco will kill more than 8 million people worldwide each year by the year 2030. By the end of this century, tobacco may kill 1 billion people unless urgent action is taken. And it's critical to keep in mind that each and every death from tobacco products is completely preventable. Now shortly, I'll introduce proven public health strategies to, back, to reduce tobacco use, and you will hear more details later in the session. But before we discuss this solution, we need to understand what is fueling the tremendous harms that I've just described. For an audience familiar with the epidemiologic model of infectious disease transmission involving the host, the agent, the environment, and vector, by analogy, the tobacco industry is a vector for tobacco-caused diseases, responsible for putting the agent, in this case the tobacco product, in contact with the host. Now, tobacco is grown in 124 countries. China produces 43% of the world's tobacco, with a 200% increase in production over the past 30 years. The other leading producers of tobacco leaf are Brazil, India, the United States, and Argentina. And though not included on the, in this figure, Malawi and Indonesia are also major producers. Now, tobacco farming negatively affects the environment, predominantly through deforestation. Tobacco farmers are also at risk of green tobacco sickness due to contact with nicotine in the tobacco leaves, as well as neurological damage through exposure to pesticides. And their children are also at risk, as they often assist their parents with the cultivation and curing of tobacco. In addition, tobacco growing is a contributor to undernourishment as it reduces the amount of land available to grow food. Five companies command over 80% of the global cigarette market share. 
the China National Tobacco Company, which happens to be the largest state-owned tobacco company, produces more cigarettes than any other company in the world. It's responsible for more than one-third of cigarettes sold worldwide. In 2010, the combined total revenue of the top six tobacco companies was over $346 billion. Combined profits of these leading six tobacco companies was $35 billion, which was equal to the combined profits of Coca-Cola, Microsoft, and McDonald's that year. $35 billion in profits works out to nearly $6,000 in profit for every death caused by tobacco products. Now, despite increasing restrictions on marketing, tobacco companies continue to spend billions of dollars each year on advertising. In 2008, $9.9 billion was spent on cigarette advertising and promotion in the U.S. alone. And this amount is more than $34 spent on tobacco marketing for every man, woman, and child in this country. In the U.S., 83% of tobacco companies' marketing budgets are spent on price discounts, coupons, and retail value-added promotions. In general, in the U.S., tobacco companies spend almost twice as much on marketing as the junk food, soda, and alcohol companies combined. Now, beyond the direct marketing of tobacco products, the tobacco industry can exert broader influences on society. In addition to direct political influence to shape public policy and legislation, tobacco companies make charitable donations, many under the guise of corporate social responsibility. These contributions are not only a form of tobacco advertising and promotion, but they also allow tobacco companies to legitimize themselves with policymakers and the public and counter the negative attention surrounding their products. To help countries combat the unnecessary death and disease by, uh, caused by tobacco products, the World Health Organization developed a policy package to reverse the tobacco epidemic called Empower. And as Dr. Frieden said, M represents monitoring tobacco policies, programs, and tobacco use. This is the area that CDC has uh, focused much of its global contributions and through the leadership of the Global Tobacco Surveillance System, which you will hear about shortly. P represents protecting people from secondhand smoke through smoke-free public places. O is for offering help to people who want to quit. W is for warning people about the dangers of tobacco products through mass media campaigns and warnings on tobacco packaging. E relates to enforcing regulations on tobacco advertising, promotion, and sponsorship. And R is for raising taxes on tobacco. This is the intervention most certain to reduce tobacco consumption. So finally, because low- and middle-income countries are still in the early stages of the tobacco epidemic, they have yet to experience the full impact of tobacco-caused disease and death, already evident in wealthier countries where tobacco use has been common for most of the past century. And many of these countries have fewer resources to respond to the health, social, and economic problems caused by tobacco use, which will exacerbate the tobacco, uh, the tobacco epidemic's impacts. Caused death and disease will hit these countries very hard in the coming decades, absent a strong international effort to combat tobacco use. 
Dr. Erickson will soon describe the great strides that have been made by many countries to address this preventable epidemic. We'll return for more from this session of Grand Rounds Nation after this short break.